That was me opening a beer because I needed something <laughs> after watching the entire final season of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. A kid's show, which involves murder and the death of a galactic version of the American Empire. So, hello. I am your host, Diego Crespo. We're here to talk about Star Wars again today. With me today is my co-host, Gina Versa. Hello, how are you doing? Happy oh boy. To you. Oh yeah, may the, may the, may the fourth be with you. Um, I'm, I'm recovering from emotional devastation. And uh, we all knew it was coming. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, I don't remember if I cut this out of the uh, retrospective I did with our pal Matt Garingo, which all the retrospectives are going to be up on SoundCloud and iTunes and YouTube, of course. They're already there. So check those out. Uh, I don't remember if I talked about this, but I think I, I cut it out where I, I mentioned that I'm glad the Clone Wars at that time period, time recording, like in 2017, did not get the ending that was planned because it would have been too much for a kid's show to handle. Mm. And I was obviously wrong because it ended up happening. Uh, and it was, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about <laughs> it. Uh, also yeah. here to talk about it with us is our good friend, Andrew Salazar from Discussing Film. How are you? I am very good today. I'm ready to took it out with Gene specifically. <laughs> yeah, you were hyping that up before uh, the recording. and We'll get to that. But uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Discussing Film? We've had you on before. To talk about Endgame, yes. a movie that was definitely not divisive between our parties. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, go ahead and hype yourself up, and then we'll get into some Star Wars discussions and where we're coming from in regard. Oh, whoa, excuse me, in regards to the Clone <laughs> Wars um, before this final season. Well, I'm uh, I'm actually the managing editor editor over at uh, Discussing Film. We do a lot of uh, we're trying to we try our goal is to spew out the most original yet. Uh, engaging content that we can for people because you know the competition is very high it's a very um saturated field entertainment journalism but we try to make something that you haven't necessarily seen before we try to talk about things that probably the other people aren't talking about but in relation to star wars we've actually it's actually been a very successful year so far because we've had uh we got to sat down with ashley uh Eckstein. Uh, Sam Witwer and Roger Gayette, who is the visual effects supervisor for The Rise of Skywalker. He was also the same on The Force Awakens. He was also the second unit director in The Force Awakens. And he's worked on literally every single J.J. Abrams movie except Super 8. And and uh, and he didn't work on Lost. But So yeah. we've been uh, working our way up slowly. And I guess you could say that Star Wars is something that we are very... Uh, we have an acquired taste, and we know we have very uh, divisive opinions, but we also engage uh, in uh, healthy conversations. We don't like to shy people away for having different opinion because what's the point of that? That's no fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that approach. Yeah. I mean, that's what we kind of try to do here. Just mm-hmm. we like to have these open discussions. We shoot the shit with each other because I like to think that if you come onto the show, we're we're friends and uh, we can be friendly with each other. And sometimes that means getting into heated arguments. And then going, hey, you want to get a beer after? You know, and then argue some more. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, it's 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 fun. It's like, uh, it's, it's it's I don't know. It's just entertaining to yeah, talk it's... about different points of view, mm-hmm. much like Obi Wan Kenobi says in his right. far off future. <laughs> too much, uh, too much negativity too in the Star Wars community. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There yeah. is negativity, but, you know, I mean, I, I see a lot of real positivity, you know? Even if people are positively dunking on a certain release, which uh, <laughs> is not the point of this conversation, so I won't go on that. But uh, Clone Wars. Where are we all coming from with Clone Wars? Andrew, why don't, why don't you go ahead and give us your quick backstory with the Clone Wars? Yeah, I actually remember watching the very first episode live the mm-hmm. day it aired on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Now, after that, I was very young. I did not keep up whatsoever because I couldn't because of school, whatever I was going on. But I binge watched the entire show a couple years ago before The Force Awakens. And I watched it in the chronological order. I did not watch it in order of release. And after watching it in that order, I was like, how did people watch this not in order? Because there are so many stories Mm -hmm. and arts that literally work better if you just watch them one after the other yeah <laughs> I don't know, george lucas and feloni were on some were on some <laughs> shit back then so. they're on some galaxy yeah. brain shit with that <laughs> no literally because in the the first episode chronologically is like in the middle of season one and then you you have to jump to season two and then you have mm-hmm. to jump back to season one and then you have to jump to season three or something yeah. i don't understand how that they pulled that off for a kid show on Cartoon Network in the in the time that they did. So, crazy enough, too, I saw the entire show. And believe it or not, I was actually in the room at San Diego Comic-Con in 2018, I believe, when they announced the revival. I was in that room. Wow. Uh, I went by myself because none of my friends watched the show. And I was like, screw you guys. I'm going to go to this panel because yeah. every... I don't know. I want to see Filoni. I want to see Ashley. I want to see all these people talk about the show. I mean, I was not expecting a revival to be announced. Don't get me wrong. But I remember I was sitting towards the middle and there was a couple next to me and they were super decked out in a Jedi a Jedi Temple Guard cosplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dudes with the, the double-bladed yellow lightsabers that wear those masks. They were super decked out and the room was full. And then the panel itself was fine. It was really engaging interesting Dave Filoni gave some fun facts but when they like busted out the trailer at the very end everyone was crying like everyone in the room the people next to me were swelling with tears and I was like I was so overwhelmed because I was also by myself I didn't have anyone to like scream with but (laughs) I couldn't really believe that I was in that room when they said yeah guys like you guys brought like Dave Filoni literally said you guys the fans literally brought this back and I guess being at the center of that kind of energy, it's always kind of stuck with me. So going into the new season, I was I've I've been very emotional. <laughs> uh, I've also you know like that doesn't mean that I'm I'm kind of like uh, blind to criticisms, but I've had a good time to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene, what about you? Because I know you might be <laughs> a little different than Andrew and I. Yeah. Well, I started uh, started watching um, the show on. Uh, Cartoon Network, I think it is. You just fucking hate Star Wars, huh? Just say <laughs> no, no, don't hate Star Wars. I'm not uh, some alt right YouTuber. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I started watching on uh, Cartoon Network. Wasn't it called the CN at that time? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> Try to rebrand, but uh, yeah, it was, I watched the first season. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think I don't think I saw the movie at the time. No one really saw that in theaters, huh? I still have not seen the movie either. Okay. <laughs> so. Not, not missing if you want to be a completist go ahead uh, but uh yeah i missed out on the movie um 
And yeah, I just watched the first season. I was kind of entertained. Um, I was watching on and off um, throughout kind of like high school. Um, you know, just got busy. Um, I, I didn't like fall in love it, with it like till God, maybe like towards the end when they started bringing in Maul and Savage Opress. And then I started really enjoying it because I guess just the first couple of seasons, it just didn't click with me because it just didn't feel like there was a main character until the later seasons where they shift focus on Ahsoka. Um, and yeah, just, I really appreciated it. It was cool to see the Netflix season and just all the mythology and stuff they brought to that world. So yeah, just slowly like started enjoying it more and more. And, uh, um, but yeah, I think I got more into it once I became a big fan of rebels. So, you know, it's kind of my history of that. Love me some Star Wars rebels. Yeah. I did not, uh, watch the series like religiously at all like I caught a couple episodes and i was like i don't know about this and then it was on <laughs> netflix you know that's when it really got a second life i think you know it, had, yeah. it obviously had a big fan base uh, when it was airing but like once it hit netflix that's when everyone was like it was like a breaking bad level like second wave of yeah. fandom i i like i think people forget breaking bad was like a popular show when it aired but mm-hmm. then when it hit netflix by season three that's when like it just blew up to this worldwide phenomenon Yes, and Clone Wars did not have some Breaking Bad like heights of phenomenon, but on the internet it might as well have because like mm-hmm. wow, it really blew up. Uh, and then I finally tuned in. Like I remember the first time I watched it, the Jar Jar, the very first Jar Jar episode. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this. Uh, and then like the second time I watched it, it was like no problem. And some of the Jar Jar stuff I find very entertaining in that show, specifically <laughs> an arc with Mace Windu towards the end of the original series run i think or season six or something like that uh it's like if mace windu and jar jar binks made a lethal weapon duo in (laughs) space and it's also like a crossover with temple of doom it's fucking nuts and it's great um i ended up loving clone wars and i had heard that it didn't really get good till later and by the end of season one i was like what is everyone talking about this is terrific and I think it actually played a big part in my own reevaluation of the Star Wars prequels and really finally coming to grips with what they were about and allowing me to kind of recognize the flaws that are still there in those movies, but also not really caring about them because of what they had to say about like the nature of these like power structures and that like mm-hmm. the Jedi are not inherently a bad thing, but they basically lost the moment they went to war. Uh, and that is obviously driven home by the end of the Clone Wars cartoon as well. Yeah. Where it's just literally like philosophical discussions between characters about like, yeah, no, this this is like destroyed like mm-hmm. our perception of society and like free will. And, you know, by the end, Ahsoka and Anakin can't even like reconnect because they're like, I got to go this way in the war. I got to go that way in the war. Uh, and it's... It's terrific. I think it's safe to say we're all fans now, and I think yeah. we should talk about the final season, mm-hmm. which at first I was convinced that it was going to be like three totally separate arcs, and it kind of was. Like the first one is kind of a standalone with the Bad Bats, the the like hardcore storm, uh, excuse me, clone troopers. Might as well be stormtroopers, but <laughs> clone troopers, and uh, they turn out to be a really lovable uh, little squad. And I thought they were going to be like villains for the end like they're setting them up so then rex and ahsoka can face off against them 
uh, at the end. And it would be tragic because you think they're like, oh, they're so obviously antagonists. But no, no, nothing like that happens. And that's okay because I like those characters a lot. And at some point, we'll probably see them again. Unless mm-hmm. someone else knows something I don't and they're actually dead in another part of the universe. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there's too much Star Wars for me to keep up with. Uh, and then, obviously, we start following Ahsoka again. And her story in the middle of the season I find really fascinating because it's like, what does a, a Jedi do when they don't want to be a Jedi anymore? When they see that it's not working. Like, the way things are going are not working out for everyone. Uh, and... I feel like there's still so much more that could have been explored during that time period. But we also don't really need to see more. Like, we get what that, like, the purpose of exploring Ahsoka by herself in that time period. You know, like, we get enough of that story. Um, But I would have liked to have seen the return of, um, oh, shoot, what's her name? The former Sith villain who was like Ventress, yes, Asajj Ventress. That became a really great character, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it would have been really cool to see her, Maul, and Ahsoka kind of not even like face off again, just like kind of come together because they've all been outcast from different aspects of the Force. You know, the mm-hmm. dark, the light, the in between. They're all just forced to survive by the end. Yeah, and so that's a really yeah. fascinating, compelling mm-hmm. story for me. Also, when was the last time we saw uh, Ventress? Like, it was really open ended. It was open ended, and I I'm to understand that once the Clone Wars was canceled after the Disney uh, buyout, mm-hmm. that that's when they started closing stuff off in like comic books and like, okay, we'll pick up Maul and Rebels to close out a story. And while I like those separate aspects, I'm just gonna get this out of the way. That is my issue with Clone Wars, and it's kind of a nitpick because it's stuff you can't really control by this point. Yeah, Like, I think Maul's a great character in Clone Wars. I wish his stuff was closed out in Clone Wars. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I wish Ventress didn't get an ending in a book. I wish she got it in the show. Oh, does she get an ending in a book? In I a can, book. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can shed some light on this. So, yes. when the Clone Wars was canceled, it was canceled because Disney bought Lucasfilm and Disney wanted, like, a clean slate, per se. So, e- even though the show was still canon... It was not a show that originated with the Disney brand. It originated with Cartoon Network, who is a competitor. So that's why I got axed. Um, when the show was axed, there was at least uh, two to three more seasons in development with way over 50 episodes planned. Now, when the show got axed and they, you know, it got revived on Netflix, I don't know if you want to call it like a quasi-revival per se, mm-hmm. but... Um, there's a lot of information on the internet thanks to Dave Filoni, thanks to Pablo Hidalgo, thanks to all these uh, people who were involved in the show because they, these people literally did their best to give fans closure even before the Disney Plus uh, revival. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they went above and beyond and I don't think a lot of people recognize that because they started a project and uh, I forgot what the name of the project was, but it was basically the umbrella that encompassed all of these other arcs that were going to be in the cartoon, but they couldn't because it was canceled. Mm-hmm. So one of them was, of course, uh, Darkest, uh, Son of Dathomir, which mm-hmm. was the Darth Maul comic book that was published by Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one was uh, Dark Disciple, which is this novel that was basically going to be in like a full-fledged arc in the cartoon by all means mm-hmm. and it was going to be uh the closure for Asajj 
and that and you could buy it. I've I haven't read the book, but I have friends who have, and they say it's a really good novel. Uh, I don't know if I have the time to read the novel, <laughs> but it's about Asajj having some kind of like. Again, I could be totally wrong because I didn't read the book, but from what I've heard, it's a really good book, and it's about Asajj and this other Jedi, Quinlan Voss. He's in the show. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. I know he has kind of like he has kind of like I don't want to say dreads, but no, he has he, kinda... he has a like. I think he's clearly meant to be like a Native American looking. Like, yeah. if that was an actor, it would have been like a, a Native American actor. Mm-hmm. Also, in the Phantom Menace, sitting in the background for like three seconds. <laughs> That's how like yeah. half these characters are introduced, and it yes. doesn't even matter. It's so good. Uh, no, yeah. So they have some kind of like uh, love thing going on. Like they have some kind of like back and forth. And I don't want to spoil the book because I haven't read it, but I think she dies at the end. I, I will think. say that it. I, I am aware of, of what you're talking about, and I won't spoil it either, but it sounds like it's a really good ending, and I yes. would have liked to have seen it in the show. And again, let me say that I understand it was completely out of everyone's hands by that point. So yes. it's, it's, it's a nitpick criticism. I just really would have liked to have seen it, because this show, at its peak, is like quintessential Star Wars. Yeah. Right. That's all. Uh, to answer some of your other questions... The Bad Batch were actually uh, scheduled to make returns in other arcs. They were they were going to be like a real like a reoccurring thing. Mm. I don't know what their ending was going to be like if they're going to die or if they're going to go off somewhere else. But they were going to be kind of like a reoccurring guest. Uh, they're going to have guest appearances in other episodes. That would have been really great because I really like those characters. They're just hot headed enough to be like borderline obnoxious mm-hmm. like dude shut the fuck up but also <laughs> like i don't know there's a really great dynamic there and the fact that they're only in four episodes right before the end game <laughs> it, it feels like like the perfect missed opportunity but again again i understand out of everyone's hands by this point i'm yeah. glad to have known it's, them mm-hmm. so that's i think it's that's very, a win in and of itself yeah it, it was unfortunate because yeah i mean they're like the dirty dozen of clones Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, the ending is really touching with them. Yeah. And Echo. Mm-hmm. Who uh, we did, have not seen since season three. It brought back a character from season three. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, like, yeah, good right. lord. Uh, and, of course, we all know where this is headed. Um, we didn't know how it was going to play out, but it, the final four episodes with the Seas of Mandalore, which was, like, kind of this legendary disgusting thing in the mm-hmm. fandom for a long time yeah uh, plays Dave out and completely... kept it. yeah and, and 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 it totally delivers uh coincides with revenge of the sith uh like there are even certain music cues where i think they're lining up like yes uh, there is the ending of the episode where maul is captured um i believe either that or i this all kind of melts together for me because i just watched all of this either that episode or like the ep- the next episode in the beginning where it's like real quiet, you can almost feel the tension in the air. Like the show's basically just like teasing us that we yeah. know it's coming and it knows mm-hmm. what it's about to drop. Yeah. I think the music in that scene is when Anakin and Padme are looking at each other from across mm-hmm. Coruscant and they feel each other, mm-hmm. which just made me like almost cry and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, they know it's um, Order 66. Yeah, cool. yeah. And um, I also want to give a big shout out to how cinematic. This look like the the art direction is like better than ever, yeah. Uh, and yes. like the lighting and like the use of shadows and 
you know, I guess now full spoilers, but like Order 66 happens and we don't see it, but we, we hear Anakin turning to the dark side and uh, like it's, it's peak Star Wars, I think, not just because it's what, what it's building to and what we know in the canon, but also like it's visual storytelling, like, you know, like Star Wars is sometimes very obvious with this visual storytelling, but that's okay because it's fantasy. And, like, the literal flagship of the Republic is going down in flames. In case you <laughs> missed what the Star Wars prequels were about. Symbolism. Uh, there you go. There's yeah. your symbolism. But it's, like, it's the shit. And I was just, like, if I saw this on a big screen, I would have I would have been so happy. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. But this, this was an incredible run of final episodes. And I, I want to hear what you guys think, too. Yeah, I was, um, yeah, I was, I was loving it that, you know, you see... Because, you know, going back to what you see, um, you were saying about Maul, you know, he's an outsider, you know, just seeing how kind of like it's like this uh, like hidden chapter almost in episode three, where you're seeing perspectives of all these characters that are just literally caught in the middle. Like the, you know, the end of, uh, you know, towards the end of Revenge of the Sith, it's just Palatine like consolidating power on everyone. You know, he killed off Dooku, he... Really doesn't care for Grievous. Grievous, I would imagine. Yeah. Or, well, he doesn't care about anybody. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, he's just, it's just him and Vader. And, uh, you know, you see, uh, you know, I mean, you see Ahsoka's uh, perspective. You see, uh, you see, you see, um, you don't see Dooku, but uh, you see Maul and everything. And just, yeah, this is just such a, like, world-changing event for uh, the Star Wars universe. And, yeah, just the gravitas of, uh, you know. Order 66 and how the Republic became the Empire. It adds more, almost more death than Pathos to uh, Revenge of the Fifth, which is good, which is a good movie. No one, uh, it's, it's a good gotta, movie. Got to stick I will, out. I will, I will go to bat for every prequel now. I honestly, <laughs> I would. I'll tear off my shirt to fight those nerds that make fun of yeah. it. Like, oh my, you won't. guys haven't even heard my Attack of the Clones hot takes yet. <laughs> is it like, Go, and they're shoving them in a locker. It's like leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, hey, pick on someone your own size. <laughs> also, you know what? Just sidebar. Just yeah. Show respect. Those are like the works of an independent filmmaker. Those are the biggest independent films ever made. Yeah. They're distributed by Fox, but Lucasfilm was an independent film division until the Disney buyout. Right. That's incredible. So just respect, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Right. Continue, Andrew. Well, I think, I mean, everyone can agree that we're very, more than anything, they were very, very fulfilling. The fact that we've known that this was going to happen for a long time, it's talked about in Rebels, they've talked about it so many times in panels, etc. The fact that we actually finally saw it again is like a huge, huge, like, privilege. The fact that this mm-hmm. all finally got to happen, I don't think, I really don't think, like, Especially for a television show, because they get axed all the time. Some shows are very privileged to get the the chance of revival. Brooklyn Nine Nine, for example, being oh, one okay. of the most recent examples. Yeah. The fact that we finally got to see this and that it felt like a movie, I I can walk away. I can go to sleep uh, satisfied. I don't have to. I won't have nightmares. I won't. I won't be tossing and turning because I'm gonna be honest with you. I feel like a pampered nerd. <laughs> like. <laughs> like they did everything for me. It was good. Um, th- there wasn't anything like problematic about it. If uh, unlike the other ending that we got last year, but uh, it kind of <laughs> really revitalized 
like I kid you not, watching the Siege of Mandalore. Because more recently, I've been kind of like, I'm pretty sure you guys can like, you can feel this as well that there's like uh, saturation with a lot of like, whether it's Marvel, Star Wars, whatever it may be. There's we have so much of this stuff, and sometimes it's not always as good as it should be, or it just feels really, um, like, I don't want to sound like like a film geek or something, but sometimes it kind of feels like uh, factory manufactured. Mm-hmm. That you don't like they're not really all that special sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I've been kind of feeling a little bit of that, but watching this season, watching the, the final four episodes, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I love the Star Wars. This is why I binge watched this entire show mm-hmm. for days because I was reminded this is what I came back to my uh, my roots, I guess, if you want to say like, ah, now I, Star Wars is a uh, I can feel it again. Yeah. <laughs> back to those back to those Disney show. Roots. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. Honestly, I, I com- honestly, I completely get what Andrew's talking about. Like yeah. that little feeling it in the air kind of thing. Like I think for a lot of reasons, not even like in terms of quality, I'll say. I think people just got Star Wars out for a minute because yeah. Star Wars, more than any other franchise, is an event film franchise, mm-hmm. and you kind of can't pump them out every couple months and expect yes. them to be a huge hit. Darn and you can't expect the you can't expect the quality <laughs> to be there, I don't think even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's okay because one making anything is extremely fucking difficult and two Star Wars is not um is not this is going to be a hot take I guess. I don't think Star Wars is meant to last forever. Mm-hmm. I think it's a wow. stepping stone for other storytellers to start going about their own path i think star wars always has a place for people there will always be a place for people in star wars like the heart of star wars i'm not talking about the stuff that i was just complaining about that it's going to be like coming forever right i think the good of star wars will always outweigh the bad but when it's when that when you feel that in the air like we were just talking about the there's going to be some stuff to overcome and i think clone wars just helped them overcome that because I haven't seen unanimous praise for something Star Wars like this since, like, Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And this is coming from a group of Last Jedi lovers, you know. But even, right. even though the loud minority was just loud, it's something that couldn't, like, fill the, the air the way Force Awakens did. But, like, I guess the point I'm making is that uh, The Clone Wars was a fantastic series and got a fantastic ending and further proves that I think Star Wars needs to rest for a while. Because, yeah. one, how do you even top this? Not that you should always have to try to top something when you make something new. Uh, art is art, you know, it's an expression of self or something. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I don't think Star Wars is meant to last forever. I think no. Star Wars is meant to be there for people, like, almost like a, a spectacle manifesto in a weird way, you know? Like, something for people mm-hmm. to enjoy and get something out of, you know? It has to be, like, very, like, emotionally fulfilling and thought-provoking. And mm-hmm. should always be far more left leaning than right leaning. I think that's very important. Um, yeah. George Lucas is notoriously very critical about politicians and corporations. Uh, it's mm-hmm. so is the Clone Wars. So God bless Dave Filoni for keeping that in line. And right. I don't think it could inherently continue to be those things if we're going to get a Star Wars show every six months, a Star Wars movie every six months. Yeah, I think it will eat its own tail for a little while, yeah. and then it'll come back down the line. But for yeah. right now, let's let's leave it here for a little bit. 
yeah, like even what you said, uh, I don't think this is a hot take. Some people might, but there wasn't even this much unanimous praise for the Mandalorian. No, like, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot you of people who really like that show. <laughs> but yeah. From my perspective, I've seen both sides very prominent. I haven't just seen one prominent. It was amazing. I've seen a lot of a lot of criticism and a lot of love. Unlike for this one, there has been some criticism for this final season of Clone Wars, and I were I want to get into it, but despite that, as a whole and especially this finale, it's very much loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Gene and I specifically were like kind of grinding through that season of Mandalorian, and then by the end, we're like, no, there was some good stuff in there. Like, yeah. Um, but I will say, as entertaining as that show was at times. It's not as idea driven as uh, as the Clone Wars is. Clone Wars completely understands, I think, what the prequels were trying to discuss, like philosophically or ethically, about yes. the actual war. And Mandalorian, I think, it's a, at its worst days, got a little too. Isn't it so fucking awesome that this dude's just shooting up dudes left and right? Aren't yeah. these big battles awesome? I was going to say, gonna say it kind of reminds me of a fan film sometimes. A little bit. And there's some yeah. shit there. But a little yeah. bit. A little bit. And I love, man. Like, I, I, I will definitely be there for season two. But, you know, there's just shots in Clone Wars in this final season where it's like, oh, we won. And then they look around. And there's, like, just devastated civilians. Some people, like, cowering in fear. And it's just like, oh, that's right. War... Uh, does not make one great, as you would nope. say. Yeah, and that's yeah. very important to remember with this series. Uh, and I, I think that's what they need to keep remembering. If your big Star Wars movie ends in a big battle, it can be exciting, it could be fulfilling, but you need to remember it can't just be spectacle. <laughs> it needs to be about something. It needs to say something. And Clone Wars said a lot in this final season. Uh, that was. Actually, a little hard considering um, the state of the world, I guess we'll yeah. say. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the, any, anything else we want to dive into? I'm going to read off a couple responses from our Twitter account for uh, people's favorite arcs or episodes. And then uh, favorite characters. I'd like to toss it to you guys. Favorite All characters. Right. In the Clone Wars? In the Clone Wars, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, okay, before we do that, me and Gene... <laughs> and we got to settle some beef here. Oh, do it. Right. Do it. Well, okay. Uh, um, tweets. Uh, we're and fight. you know what? And I like, I'm trying to, obviously, this is funny because we're hypothetically fighting. But this is actually, I'm pretty sure it might come up later because this has been one of the more controversial topics with the final season. And you even said it earlier, Diego, the middle arc. And <laughs> um, <laughs> we're like, I'm not here to like, I'm not going to throw sand in Gene's eyes. But. <laughs> A lot of, uh, there's been a lot of talk that the middle arc is quote-unquote trash, it's not good, it's boring, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> now, don't get me, <laughs> Gene's like laughing through this, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't yeah. think the arc is like perfect or what you say. And we cannot ignore the fact that a lot, or I don't want to say a lot, but there's a fraction of this conversation that is dominated by the usual Kathleen Kennedy is putting women in my fill in my Star Wars product. Right. Look at this woman. This woman oh, has see. a this woman has a bus cut. What what, what the fuck, Kathleen Kennedy? Okay, what do you? 
I guess I've, <laughs> I've missed this, thankfully, while avoiding. I actually, thankfully, also, shout out to everyone I'm following for not spamming my Twitter with uh, spoilers. Thank you very much for that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of this discourse, so could, please, by all means, continue. There has been, because, of course, and I, it didn't hit me until probably today when I was thinking about what was I going to say today. But the three arcs, when you look at them individually, they're very much... And we've already talked about it, how who's the main character of the show. There kind of is no main character. But for the finale, Dave Filoni and his team were given, you only have 12 episodes. The first, the last one is obviously going to be Mandalore. Now, the other two, they were chosen for specific reasons. One of the main reasons was because a lot of the pre-animation was already finished. A lot of the, the scripts, they've already been in the works for a long time. These three arcs, they've been in the works forever. They're, it's not like Filoni went back to the drawing board and he decided, oh, I need to come up with new stories. No, like all of this stuff was already in place. Uh, the Bad Batch and uh, the Ahsoka arc. The Ahsoka arc specifically, crazy enough, if you go on the internet, you can see pre uh visualization of this episode and it is almost frame for frame the same thing that we got Mm -hmm. literally (laughs) and of course today Filoni he's being smart because he's saving a lot of money Uh, he's saving (laughs) a lot of headaches but I think we need to talk about the people who got the most hate were the Martez sisters because you know they're, they're two girls originally believe it or not there were no sisters in this arc. Ahsoka was always going to fall into level 1313 after leaving the Jedi. She was always yeah. going to go into some kind of business with Spice. But it wasn't going to be with the sisters. Originally, it was an Asian character who you could see that they have. You can go there, You can go on the internet. This is all there. And the, pre- mm-hmm. the previs has him in it. And his name was Nix Okami. And he kind of has the Okami dog on his jacket. Like... Like from the video game Okami, like that that wolf. Mm-hmm. It's a great game, by the way. Everyone who hasn't yeah. played it, check it out. Uh, and Filoni has said that he wanted to put an Asian male character, and him and Ahsoka were they're gonna have some kind of romance. They're gonna go have like go back and forth, and they're gonna go on these adventures. But for the final season, Filoni was like, Isn't "No, we're gonna 17? make." Well, she has like a romance with that character Lux, like a yeah, like a. But he, they're like young kids. Is the thing right? Oh, okay, okay. I mean, they're not they're, gonna they're the same age. He's not like an yeah. adult. Yeah. Okay. okay. No, this guy was young. He was a young kid too. Okay. Nixo okay. Nixo is a young kid, and for the final season, Filoni changed it to the sisters. Now, and the sisters are actually voiced by really uh, good uh, actresses. One is Elizabeth Rodriguez. I can't mm-hmm. remember the name of the second one. Please forgive me. Deagle uh, insert it like as like a bot. And be like, I, I will not. I'll look it up right now while you keep talking. <laughs> okay. Um, so good on him for putting representation. Yeah. But when you look at the season and three pieces, the first season with the Bad Batch is very kind of like male driven machismo. Like there's no women in it. Like I'm, I'm not criticizing that. I'm not, cri- I'm not, I'm not saying put women in it. I'm just saying it's all kind of male driven. And the third episode is all female driven. And then mm-hmm. in, the, in the third, they collide. Mm-hmm. And the first season being Rex, because they're all going to be males because they're all clones, no shit. It's going to be Rex. And the second one uh, is Ahsoka. And then the third one is kind of like Maul esque. Maul is kind of introduced in The Last of Ahsoka. So in the end, you kind of get a, 
a trifecta of Rex, Ahsoka, and Maul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like the three biggest chess pieces that needed some kind of like resolution or clarity. Yeah. E- even bef- like if there was going to be a final season, those three are definitely the most important. Now, I know there's fans who, and again, Filoni has shown previs at Star Wars Celebration. There was going to be an arc of Boba Fett in resolution with uh, Cad Bane, the, the bounty hunter. Yeah, Cad Bane disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that arc, you okay, this is gonna sound stupid, okay? In that arc, and I love it. I don't think it's stupid, but it's gonna sound corny. It's in the previs that you could see on you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it before. All of those. Yeah, you, we find we find out how Boba Fett got that dent on his helmet. Do you know that mm-hmm. one dent? Yeah. That's no, because I don't have, I don't give a fuck, but that's funny. Oh, he has Diego has bad eyes. Okay. Look up, uh, <laughs> no, I just don't care. Yeah, Boba Fett. Yes, cataracts. Yeah, Google Boba Fett, and you will see that, like, on the right upper half of his helmet, he has a dent. And in this arc of Clone Wars that they were going to plan, we were going to find out. We we're going to get resolution for for Boba. Don't get me wrong, but we were also going to find out how he got the dent. Now, if you're Dave Filoni and you have all these arcs in front of you, and they only chose you to choose three, you are not going to choose. <laughs> They explain why Boba Fett has a dent in his helmet. You're going to choose the one about Ahsoka and showing why what she learns before meeting Anakin for the last time. You want to put her in the fish out of water situation, not the Mm -hmm. one about kid Boba Fett, even though I would have loved to seen that. Don't get me wrong. There's people out here who are like, oh, SJW, they're only putting women, forcing me. (laughs) Like, like, the the Ahsoka makes no sense. Like, what is this? Like, why are there three women in, at the same time? Like, there, that, that's, there can't be that. There needs to be a guy in there. Like, no, all of this was previously planned. It's mm-hmm. just that they finally got the money to finalize it. And that's one of the reasons why the, the animation looks so goddamn beautiful. Yeah, it looks really oh. good. Season. Uh, and Trace Martez was uh, voiced by Bridget Cali Canales. Yeah, there it is. There. Yeah, she's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and Elizabeth there, Rodriguez, there I, I didn't know it was that Elizabeth Rodriguez from Miami Vice, Orange is New Black, uh, really talented actress. Yes, and they do phenomenal voice acting. They do great yeah, work. They were great in their roles. Yeah. But, I, I, I really like that arc, too. <laughs> perfect. I mean, I like it. It's not perfect. It serves a very important role for mm-hmm. Ahsoka. And again, even Jean said it. She's kind of like the main character of this show. So, yeah. of course, that has to be in it. And it leads into Siege of Mandalore very smoothly. Even though I thought it was probably a little bit too abrupt. Because they just... Mm-hmm. But I kind of have the idea that, like, the Martez sisters might be in comic books, novels. They right. might be animated show, even. You know what I mean? Because that's so important to see, like... Because especially the very last shots of Season 7, even though they're, like... I'm going to sound like a nerd. They, they're freaking like epic like the, the final closing shots mm-hmm. you kind of have a sense of okay is ahsoka just gonna walk into like nowhere and just like chill until she meets uh the characters in rebels like no she's probably gonna go spend time with the sisters go do some other bullshit and then we'll get that in comics or another show eventually and then she ends up in rebels or something you needed that kind of like idea because if not then we're gonna go on twitter and we're gonna make tweets and we're gonna say feloni why why did why did that and we're probably gonna drive him insane like pablo hidalgo yeah, poor, poor uh, poor. I, I, I saw. Uh, he's doing well. I heard. 
<laughs> okay, good. I, I mean, he probably doesn't need to be on Twitter. He, he's better than us, is the thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I initially thought the, the closing of the series would have been like a Star Wars movie where it's like it's cutting back to like Obi-Wan, Yoda, Ahsoka, and like they all feel each other in the Force or something like that, and they just know that they're okay. And no, you don't even get that optimism. Like this ending just is just like beating you down from optimism it's like if you don't know the star wars movies like if you're a kid watching this right and like your your mom or dad or someone is like no you got to watch this uh before you watch revenge of the sith and then you watch revenge of the sith and then this ending and you don't know the other movies your kid's gonna have like emotional problems for a little while because (laughs) it's there's no hope there's i mean we know it because of the of the saga but there's no goodness to this ending it's just like yeah no the republic is broken uh ahsoka and rex are gonna go struggle to survive in the outer rims of the galaxy anakin is now darth vader and he picks up the lightsaber that ahsoka dropped signifying the life that she uh has to leave behind and he he is looking at it one last time as a life he can never get back and that is from my good friend at Jacob Knight on Twitter. Uh, Gene and I know him as Noah in real life, yeah. but he made that observation right before we started recording this, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that's really, really profound." Yeah, um, a, I love that wow. last shot. Uh, it was so meaningful. Poor, yeah, poor sad. Filoni literally turned Clone Wars into Blade Runner for like a few minutes, and he was like, "You know what? Just fuck it. Like, I have the money. We're going to. It's gonna have like." heavy synth it's gonna feel so like deserted uh there's gonna be all these blade runner parallels just do it fuck it and then yeah you know what? i'm pretty satisfied <laughs> i'm i'm very satisfied mm-hmm. too and uh I, I would say this last couple episodes with that heavy synth score and like the the rising like electric like i was like fuck, yeah. going here <laughs> like it's it's really teeing us up um, yeah Let's talk about some favorite arcs and favorite characters. At mm-hmm. uh, Anton Ray is cool. Said the five episode Geonosis arc is legit great, an underrated gem, and anything with Boba. To be honest, mm-hmm. uh, I I don't get the Boba Fett. I'm sorry, I still don't <laughs> understand. Wow, <laughs> everyone else likes him. You're a Boba Fett hater. I kind of am. Like my favorite Boba Fett thing is when he gets knocked into the Sarlacc pit on accident <laughs> by Han Solo. So, uh, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, f- favorite arcs of like the uh, entire show. Uh, the entire uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I what was, you got? I was, yeah. I was really enjoying um, Darth Maul's um, when he tries to. Pal- I forgot the name of the arc, but the coup on Palpatine, where uh, Savage Opress gets killed and he takes over oh, Nandor. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that was like some epic stuff and. Is that is that when um, Sam Witwer starts voicing Palpatine as well in that season? Because bef- uh, I don't know if anyone knew uh, what's his n- that um, the voice of Palpatine for a bit was um, Ian. <sighs> um, no, yeah, it was Ian McBearman, and then it was Tim Curry for a season. Uh, Tim, yeah. no, it was it was actually a separate voice actor who uh, who passed away after the first five seasons, and his last episode was that one when he faces off against Savage and Darth Maul on Mandalore. Right. So no, his his name is also Ian, isn't it? Really? Is that not Ian Abercrombie, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Two of the two but, Ians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah. Fantastic voice yeah, actor. 
But uh, yeah, Tim Curry uh, voiced him for a bit, right? Yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah he's he season six. Yeah. For the, the um, first revival. Yeah. But yeah, I love that arc. Um, I love all the Boba um, when Boba <laughs> jumped with the bounty hunters. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that was one of my favorite characters. And just the how they were examining um, just the difference between Boba and the other clones. And Simon Pegg, he... Dengar. Dengar, yeah, that's some. Um, that's Simon some, Pegg. You know, I was, when I heard that Simon Pegg was in Force Awakens, I, I really hoped he would be Dengar again. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Plumback or whatever the fuck that Plum car. Uncar Uncar Plot, excuse me. Uncar Plot. Because, yeah, I think, like, Simon Pig was, like, perfect as Dengar. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, just I love all the bounty hunters. I love everything with Cad Bane. Um, um, That episode with uh, Chewbacca and uh, Ahsoka. Oh, oh, that's the one. The one with Predators? Yeah. Oh, that's so much fun. That's a really good one. That's literally Predators. That that episode, that arc is Predators. Or, like, that episode. Yeah, but it's but that's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not complaining. And I, but, yeah. and I love the episode where they just did Sam and Se- Seven Samurai too. <laughs> no. You know Whenever what? They that was stuff. the biggest disappointment for me because I have such high hopes for a story with that structure that it's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, we just threw this together for one episode. It's not even a multi-part arc. It's just this one episode. So yeah. to me, that's the worst episode because of the potential mm-hmm. lost there. That's, oh. that's oh, if I got to be harsh. And well, uh, fine, Mortis, but you know, um, yeah, Mortis is the last uh, my one of my favorite arcs. Oh All yeah, right. yeah, lots of lots of love for Mortis in the responses, and just in general, that's also one of my favorite arcs, if not my favorite arc of the series until this final mm-hmm. season. Yeah, um, uh, it it gets close to rewriting a little too much for me, but it just totally nails it with like understanding like the the light and the dark and the balance between the two and um i think there's this really interesting unspoken history with star wars in that i know everyone always says like oh you gotta i want to see like a gray jedi and like that's that's like nothing it's like saying like i want to see a human being that is both good and bad and it's like well that's just a human being like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's you you a jedi can be capable of both you know like sith is the one that chooses to be like to explore the dark all the time but like understanding of the force is obviously just understanding of all its aspects you know right that's yeah that's what it is there's great jedi is a, is a dumb name for me and i but anyways mortis i think taps into something really interesting there and yeah uh, let's see other other responses um from at devon m626 darkness on umbara at devon m626 darkness on umbara i don't know if you guys remember that one um, that sounds very familiar. Okay, so Darkness on Umbara is the it's Apocalypse now. There you go. With the general Jedi who is uh, uh, the same race as uh, the boy, uh, Obi Wan's boy. Uh, what's his name? Fucking Dexter Jester. Oh, yo, that yeah. arc is insane. That arc yeah, is w- insane. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for people that are listening to this that haven't seen Clone Wars, just some backstory is that a, a general Jedi. Uh, convinces the clones to keep going on suicide missions um, because he sees them as like disposable uh, the same way like a, a one of the separatist commanders would view the droids as disposable you know not as like people and uh, they end up having to like cause like a mini revolt against him because he's like a psychopath and yeah. it's that's where the show really starts blurring the lines between like 
oh, maybe, maybe the war is just bad. Maybe there is no right side. Maybe just this whole thing is bad for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's separatists. Really they're kind of evil, but they made some good points here and there. Well, no, the separatists are, are the capitalists. The oh. the republic is the the greedy politicians that want to stay in power. Right. Sounds very familiar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Huh, that's super weird. It's almost like George Lucas created this fantasy series for kids uh, to inform them about uh, corrupt politics. <laughs> about about neoliberalism. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, and then, of course, uh, The Siege of Mandalore, which is like, yeah. Yeah, that's just like the arc now for the show, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, Andrew. Well, yeah. So, heading back a little bit. The Mortis arc, I remember watching that, and I was very much digging it, but the moment that Qui-Gon Jinn came back and it was Liam Neeson, I, I almost did, like, a, bla- a backflip. <laughs> I don't know. There's some... I have very, very uh, heavy nostalgia to The Phantom Menace, even though it's not a good movie, but... No, no, it's no, like, no, it is, but go on. It's a guilty pleasure. Like, I love watching The Phantom Menace for all of its faults and all of its greatness, but seeing Liam Neeson again, I literally... I couldn't have been, been more happier. But... Besides that, two things. The first one, the youngling arc, I feel like is essential and can never go. I feel like that arc itself has become almost timeless within the fandom, at least. Because mm-hmm. seeing Yoda take like a group of, of little kids, and they're all different aliens. One's a Wookiee. They're all like different things. And literally, literally throwing them on the ice planet Ilum and going, all right, go inside this... Uh, this, this like frozen ice tomb and if you don't make it out in a few hours you're gonna get stuck in there forever all right go and then they all go in and they kind of face like uh their inner demons searching for their kyber crystals and david Tennant is kind of he's this uh robot uh i don't know you want to say a chauffeur oh yeah that's kind of what he is and he and he helps them actually build their sabers and that stuff right there, I think, is pretty essential. It's a beautiful arc. You finally get to see a piece of lore that was never previously unexplored. And it's just so cool to see all these little kids who are so very hopeful, but you know they're all going to die soon. But you see oh all these... Oh my people. god, that's right. <laughs> they're also very... It's a, I think I find it to be very beautiful. Not that they're going to die, but their journey, just finding who they are, their spirituality... Seeing the Wookiee make a lightsaber that's out of like bamboo that looks out of wood, like wood, that's the shit I'm in for. Like, give me more of that. Like, that's the kind of like extended lore stuff that is not really corny, but it's like believable enough where I could see it fitting in this universe. Mm-hmm. Also, this is this is the hot take. This is the controversial one because I remember when this came out and people on the internet were mad over stupid reasons. But the arc, I'm not sure what season it's in. But the arc where Jar Jar, because believe it or not, Dave Filoni made Jar Jar really funny. I always like Jar Jar. I'm pro Jar Jar. This is a pro Jar Jar account. Okay. I mm-hmm. believe that he wasn't written the best, obviously, in the prequels because, you know, George, he was probably in over his head. But when you write that character to be entertaining, he can be entertaining, in my honest opinion. Yes. He is not a bad character, per se. Inherently, you can do good things with him. And yeah. I, the day that he comes back in live action in one way or another, I will do a backflip. I don't know how else to describe it. But the arc <laughs> where he has to uh, impersonate the Gungan leader who who, um, who 
who kind of looks like him, and he kind of has to do deals mm-hmm. with the Separatists and General Grievous. That arc is really entertaining, and it's really funny. It's <laughs> kind of like really, it's kind of like sitcom bullshit that like works in space, where it's like, why are you dressed that way, Jar Jar? It's like, well, Misa the leader, like, no, it's not. It's like really stupid, but it's so good. It's like so <laughs> funny this way. And I remember, tragically enough, uh, General Grievous ends up killing uh, Captain uh, Tarples, which is the the purple Gungan in the Phantom Menace with the mm-hmm. mustache. Okay, dog, like, look, I know the Phantom Menace isn't good. I have nostalgia. But when Grievous kills him, I felt something. I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Because he was the homie. He was like an OG. He, you know, he was, he was yeah. a part of the event. And when he dies and Grievous tells him, it's like, oh, I killed you. And he says something like, no, sacrifice. Like, it's a very noble death. And I remember being so touched by these Gungans. And I know Gungans are very much a hot topic within Star Wars themselves. Like Ewoks. Yeah, exactly. But the fact that I felt something in those moments, I, I, that's a real testament to the show. But I remember when the show came out, and if you guys remember, the, the Gungans all beat Grievous because they throw the, the blue balls at him, and he kind of shuts <laughs> down. I remember yeah. when now, like, there was threads and comments, this is so stupid! How can Gungans defeat General Grievous? He has, like, four arms, and they're Gungans, and they... <laughs> Filoni, Filoni, you don't, Filoni, they can't win. This doesn't make any sense. I'm stupid. Like, I'm very much glad that we've surpassed an era, I, in my honest opinion, that thinks that's not much criticism, in my honest opinion, but I'm very it's much glad that we're yeah. beyond that. And it's just, I don't like it. Yeah. yeah, it's literally, I don't like it. You're stupid. Give me something that I like, even though you, they're not realizing that a lot of this content works for a lot of people like me. And the fact that I got to feel something over this duck lizard who just sacrificed his life. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I want more of that shit. And the show did continue to give me more. So I think the the Padawan arc with the younglings because mm-hmm. they're going to die soon and B because it's beautiful. And the that Jar Jar arc of him impersonating the leader, that, that's like peak. That's peak Filoni. Filoni's a madman. And I know, Diego, you're going to about to say you love that arc about the little toad who goes on <laughs> the missions with the droids. That's peak Filoni. Like, Filoni, yeah. we make these jokes like he's a madman, but we don't know what kind of energy he has harnessing under his cowboy hat. This man <laughs> literally said, fuck it. I'm going to get four episodes of, like, a, a animated show budget, and I'm going to make it about this fucking frog. <laughs> and that's, like, he's crazy. He, I don't know. He's a state. Yeah. I remember when that was coming out, I would keep up with like IGN reviews and stuff like that. And like, that was not a beloved like series nope. of episodes at all. And then I saw it and I was just like, oh my God, like it's this almost like John Carpenter minimalist, <laughs> like action adventure story with these dumb little droids and a frog who feels inadequate because no one takes him seriously because he's a frog. And then they they save and rescue and re-inspire a trooper who joins them and sacrifices for them so they can continue on their mission because what they're doing is good and true and it's so good. It's like <laughs> that's what Star Wars is about. You know, you're bringing up the Gungans, uh, which I I also like that arc a lot. And I think people gotta remember that Star Wars is also for kids, um, yeah, and for families to enjoy together. It's not like I think the problem with that recent movie that we'll we'll 
we don't really not need to get into beyond movie. this, but like, not talk about I think it. I think the big point of contention is that a lot of it was for the older fans and not for people who are new to this. And it's like, well, then why are we even here? You know, right? Yeah. And Clone Wars through it all brought back Jar Jar multiple times to much fandom chagrin. Hell um, yeah! To to <laughs> cute little shit. I know there was even like an idea for like a, a bounty hunter Ewok at one point that would have been kind of like a for like an Asaz Ventress arc or something like that that unfortunately got nixed. Um, I would have loved to have seen that because I also like Ewoks a lot. That sounds uh, like cinema. I don't know about you, but yeah, bounty no. hunter Ewoks. No, they give, give me that. episode nine. I'm putting <laughs> uh, I'm putting that little Ewok at the end of Return of the Jedi in mm-hmm. the Millennium Falcon alongside Kylo and Jar Jar. That's my pitch. <laughs> you, That's you, what you I would have like done. Ewoks. Uh, but anyways, I, I I digress. I just want to say that that yeah, it's 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 for kids and for families to enjoy. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, and yes, the arc with Mace Windu and Jar Jar Binks is the most delightful two half hours, like ever. <laughs> it's not yeah. the best episodes yeah. ever, but it is yeah. just so fun for me to just put on. I could tune in completely or just have it on in the background, and I'm having the time of my life doing it. Um, oh. but yeah, the, the the final episodes are probably just. Like they probably just are the best by this point. Like, you know what? There's no I'll, topping that. Yeah, I'll yeah. say this: people hate Jar Jar. So many of these, these, these people on the internet per se, who they type away at their keyboard saying that Jar Jar is stupid. He's the worst character. They're just mad because Jar Jar, factually, this is not an opinion. This is fact. Gets more coochie than them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe. Oh, you know what? That's he true. does. He hooks up with that space princess in that <laughs> yep. episode. A so, princess, royalty, yeah. my boy, royalty. Can the virgin, they... <laughs> virgin nerds versus the Chad Jar Jar. He's a prince in my book. I don't know about you guys. Hell yeah, Jar <laughs> yeah. Jar not being in episode nine is an actual war crime, and I will be putting a message forward to the UN. Yeah, to, yeah, friggin', uh, he sh- who uh, that author that shouldn't be named because he blocked you. Jar Jar, does he know? The dick. Well, <laughs> cool thing. Like, what a <laughs> asshole. Well, we're not gonna name drop him. Be a like, liberal figure... asshole. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're not gonna name drop him. No, no, no. <laughs> Tag him. I was being respectful with my slander, but whatever, whatever. Yeah, it rhymes. <laughs> just made with... a joke. <laughs> it rhymes. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, um, favorite characters. I think. Uh, I'm just going to take a wild guess here and assume we all have the same favorite character and her name is Ahsoka mm-hmm. Tano. Yeah, I like Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah. For the Clone Wars, I mean. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we go with like my favorite character. Yeah, of the, of the series. I think I would go with Maul. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I really like him a lot in, in this too. Um, yeah. He, again... What hinders him from being like the number one for me is that Ahsoka, just her growth from being like, I guess she's a fine character to, oh my God, I think I would die for this fictional character. Mm-hmm. Like the same way I would like die for like Rose Tico or Luke Skywalker, you know? Like, yeah. like that level of fandom for me. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Ma- Maul's, Maul's good too. Yeah. I love Maul, don't get me wrong. And like, I haven't, I actually. I kind of disagree with you guys on that, like, or you at least, Diego, that that his arc should have ended in Clone Wars over because I'm kind of biased because, in my opinion, more Maul 
the better, unless it's like something really stupid and forced and like in a movie for some dumb reason, maybe <laughs> solo. But um, I going off what you're saying, Diego, uh, I remember when the animated movie came out, everyone hated Ahsoka. They thought she was a little brat. Now, don't don't get me wrong. There was a lot of people who liked her from the beginning. I'm not I'm not trying to deny that from anybody, but there was a massive hate for her because she was annoying, quote unquote. She was bratty, quote unquote, and that there wasn't. It makes no sense because where is she in the movies? Blah, 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 blah. There was all of that kind of like stupid negative, like hollow criticism, and the same. Like I, she wasn't like my favorite off the off the bat, but. If you watch that show, you literally go like on a journey with her from like mm-hmm. she's okay. You know what? I actually like her a little bit more. Yeah, she's terrible to like, yeah, like you know what? This is the ride or die. And I don't think yeah. a, a lot of other sh- like animated shows or like shows in general have because she, in the first two seasons, you can't really say she's the main character, but she kind of literally takes over in, in a good way. Like she rightfully mm-hmm. takes the lead. And I don't think you could say that for a lot of characters in Star Wars. Yeah, I, I yeah. maybe I don't know. Um, she she stands out for a lot of reasons, and I think part of it, it was that the show was just finding its voice, you know. And then it, obviously it finds it in Ahsoka once it remembers kind of or like figures out how to approach the the same themes as the prequels, but with kind of the a more swashbuckly attitude from the original trilogy. Because you know this one, thankfully, what what I always loved about it once I finally got into it was that it didn't have a specific point of view that it was about the Clone Wars. That was the yeah. main character. That was the through line was that we're seeing these different aspects of the universe. And like, you get these one-off arcs about like, Oh, they're trapped in this planet and they have to work with like the general populace. Like that has, that comes up a couple times, right? Yes. And it's always like, Oh, like, okay, they, they band it together and they defeat the separatists or, Oh no, they betrayed them and they got to run away from the separatists. But either way, the statement is still like solidified that like war has reached a place that it hasn't before. Right. And we as the audience understand that while today was a victory or a loss, the loss is going to be much bigger in the future. Once the empire comes to be, because all these places that have now been discovered will now be under the empire's like reign of terror. And to me, that was like always a very scary thought. And then we don't even see the extent of it technically in any of these stories, but we understand the weight of it. And I think that's a testament to like a really great story that is yeah. basically it's, it's, it's EU nonsense almost, you know, in lesser hands, yeah. this is like, Oh yeah, this is a story that they didn't show you in the movies. It's like, Oh, you want me to buy a, a, an expanded comic? Like that's what you want. You want my money, but no, it's yeah. just a really good series that mm-hmm. more than, delivers on its ideas its characters and tragic heartbreak that make it very hard and i'm gonna cram myself to sleep tonight yes <laughs> uh, george he always he's he's talked about it before when like he, they were first creating the show that he wanted to make something episodic like he wanted to go back to serial based uh television programming that inspired him when he was younger and Watch i think order. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. one of the main reasons why the the show did not air in chronological order because George was mad enough. No, I'm gonna do an episodic Star mm-hmm. Wars series, and I don't know if this is another hot take, but I think Favreau, John Favreau, was kind of inspired by that with Mandalorian. But I don't think the the Mandalorian. Also, granted, it's only one season, but I don't think the Mandalorian's first season 
is as strong as per se like maybe the Star Wars the Clone Wars' first season because even though yes they're both episodic and that a lot of the same uh, formula or or basic skeleton is repeated constantly but again like what Diego said there's a theme and it always sticks to that theme you can tell what the show is about it's literally about the war I don't really know what the Mandalorian is all besides it being about yeah. this guy who's really cool so right. even it's, though I, I can't mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's trying to say something about like the trauma he went through or just kind of he's always been more torn but yeah it doesn't really communicate that that well because it's just you know cool like isn't this cool or whatever yeah um, yeah it's just yeah fan film me and i, I think I guess, yeah like yeah, to say then, you know, that you, it, uh, i was gonna say it attracts like huh. the wrong type of uh, star wars fan where like oh isn't it aren't you glad it doesn't have any politics or anything like right, has right. nothing to say yeah. Yeah, and I think it does. To be to his credit, I think it does have things to say. You're right, Gene. It just does not get to deliver them as well as I think it could or should. Yeah, and I think we take for granted that this is literally like the last thing George was working on before he sold the company. You oh, know, God. and yeah, I think that I think that really solidifies my feelings on it too. Yeah, and like we we talk a lot of smack about the last movie that came out, and we're we're kind of we're not talking smack, but we're criticizing the Mandalorian. And to an extent, I don't think it's a coincidence that they, uh, John Favreau and JJ, they're both kind of two people who, even though I'm not going to say which one, I think one is a better filmmaker than the other, personally. <laughs> but they're very much very heavily inspired by George, and they kind of almost kind of, they take that inspiration probably a little bit too heavily sometimes. So mm. I think this, if anything, this final season of Clone Wars, even though George is not directly involved, he started this baby, he... He's one of the main reasons why it, it survived for so long. His his uh, his ethos, his ideology. I think you can see that a lot. That like maybe the reasons why these other things aren't so good is because they're trying too hard to be what only George could do, maybe, or that he could do so good. Like they don't take enough of their own liberties. I think you're absolutely right, Andrew. And on that note, we gotta wrap up right now. But I I don't think there's a better point to end on. Just. Star Wars, I, I still stand by my point that it's not meant to last forever. At least this version of it. I think it is finally time to let this all go. And I think I haven't revisited Rise of Skywalker as of this recording yet. <laughs> I intend yeah. to soon. I'm watching The Last Jedi Plus. first. Um, yeah. It's finally on Disney Plus because we're recording, of course, on May the 4th. Uh, and this will be up on May the 4th, so you're welcome, everyone. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think... Whether or not the filmmakers intended The Rise of Skywalker also is kind of saying that there's only so many ways to tell a story within right. this era of the saga. It's time to move on, for better or worse, and I think, honestly, for the better, uh, for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for coming to join us mm -hmm. on, on this uh, Clone Wars you, talk. I, I couldn't have asked for a better guest on here. Uh, where can the people find you? They can find me on Twitter at AndrewJ626, as in Lilo and Stitch, of course. And by all means, if you want to keep this conversation going, I have been posting weekly reviews of the of the Clone Wars on Discussing Film, and we're always constantly talking Star Wars. I'm constantly talking Star Wars on my feed, even though it does get tiresome. I try to avoid it sometimes. But <laughs> if you ever want to engage in anything, I will, by all means, engage with you as long as you don't try to shove me in a locker. <laughs> no, no, just, you're you're good. You're yeah. good. No seven locks yeah. for you. Uh, Gene, where can the people find you? you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene nine eight nine two. 
Thank you so much for joining me, both of you. And of course, you can find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter. Uh, check out the rest of the Waffle Press on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Patreon. We're going to be posting a lot more stuff. Uh, let's talk about movies coming in hot this year. We have a Patreon tier that allows you to suggest a movie for us to talk about. And we're going to be doing a lot of that because guess who has all the free time in the world now? Everyone, but also <laughs> us. Uh, yes. But thank you guys again. Uh, couldn't be happier to talk cloners with you guys. Thank you, George Lucas, Dave Filoni, everyone uh, who worked in the series. We've been professionally unprofessional, and may the force be with you. <laughs>